Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD parents, teens, trust, and emotional self-regulation. And with us in our virtual studio is uh, the Cindy Goldrich. Um, she's this is the first time having her on Attention Talk Radio, but I've known Cindy for a while. I can guarantee we've got some great content tonight. Um, real quickly, tonight is February the 7th in the year 2018 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tonight's show is being brought to you by Chad, Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And they're got a little tip that we're going to run for you guys in a second, but a real quick announcement. Uh, the third annual Woman Palooza virtual conference is taking place. Um, really, as we speak right now, we're in the middle of it. It started this last Monday. Um, if you're listening to it, that's great. If you haven't, you need to check it out real quickly by going to ADHDpalooza.com. Uh, dot com. That's A-D-H-D-P-A-L-O-O-Z-A dot com. And again, uh, tonight's show is being brought to you by Chad. We've got a little tip to run, and we'll get into the meat of the show. Are you aware that the Department of Education issued new guidelines regarding 504 plans? What does this mean for your child? Learn more about your child's educational rights on the Chad website, which is now www.helpforadhd.org. That's www.help and the number four ADHD.org. Thanks again, Chad, for that message. Um, if you are not familiar with Chad, you need to become familiar with them. They're the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Uh, it's a great to be a member of them. They've got a lot, a lot of great member benefits, but the most important thing is to become a member to support them because they help us all speak with one voice. Um, Okay, so let's get into tonight's show. Uh, Cindy Goldrich is in the house. She's a certified ADHD coach, uh, teacher, trainer, and parenting specialist. She works nationwide with parents, teachers, and related uh, service professionals for the education, treatment, and support of children with ADHD and executive functioning deficits. Um, Cindy is an active writer, speaker, and a contributor to the field of ADHD. She is the founder of PTS Coaching and the creator of the highly acclaimed workshop series, Calm and Connected, Parenting Children with ADHD Executive Function Challenges. Her award-winning book, Eight Keys to Parenting Children with ADHD, is an excellent resource for parents, educators, and mental health professionals. You can learn more about Cindy at ptscoaching.com. And with that, Cindy, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much. Thrilled to have you on. Um, tonight's topic, I think, is, is really fascinating. Um, parents, teens, trust, um, and we're, we're teens and trust and parents is just kind of an interesting mix. And it, I, I think this is a really illuminating topic. And uh, the idea actually kind of came for you. So can you just kind of set the table for us a little bit on the importance of trust in teens and parents and some of the issues? Sure, absolutely. You know, it, it came to me when I was listening to your podcast with the gentleman that was talking about the the medication diversion, right? He was mm-hmm. in college and you know, he got in trouble for, I guess, selling meds, stimulant medication. And there was a line in there, Jeff, that just really resonated with me when he said, I knew I should have called my parents, but I didn't because I was scared of their reaction or something along those lines. And I just thought this is where the work needs to be because 
it is hard enough growing up. And when you've got challenges, whether it's ADHD or any other challenges, when you don't have that solid trusting relationship with your parents to work off of, things can go out of control in a flash. And so that's when I reached out to you and said, hey, you know what, I'd love to talk about, you know, the whole idea of of building trust when you've got teenagers. Because so Mm -hmm. many times parents just feel like, uh, I've I've lost it. You know, like now he's just out on his own. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be the case. It, it, It doesn't have to be the case, but I think this is really pretty challenging space because if you've got a teen with ADHD, I mean... Developmentally, their brain is probably 25% less mature, and they mm-hmm. have the ADD to begin with. And so as a parent, it's kind of crazy. And for the ADHD kids, it's like a, you got a 17, it's like a 15-year-old living in a 17-year-old body, which is just, it's scary to think about. Um, this is not an easy topic, i got to believe, but really important. Thoughts? It's not easy. Um, you, you know, I always say, whenever I do my teacher training or, or, or the parenting work, I always say, what is the job of a teenager if I say black? What's their job? <laughs> they have white. to say white, right? That is their job. Yep. But what parents sometimes don't realize is developmentally, that really is their job. Their job is to start seeing themselves as separate, as different. That's what teenage rebellion is all about, Right. So, yep. But the challenge then becomes because then we have to look at, as you were saying, that developmental delay that's so, so important to understand. The prefrontal cortex, that, that front part of the brain, the executive functions of the brain, when kids are really young, who's the CEO of their brain? Mom and dad. And the, mm-hmm. I always say in the elementary school teacher. When they hit middle school, who's the CEO of their brain? Well, their peers. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're all about their peers. That's, that's who they're really thinking about. Well, then when they hit high school, who's the CEO of their brain? Well, of course they think they are. They think they're ready. They got this. I don't need you. I, you know, I, I got this, Ma. I got this, Dad, right? Yep. But you and I both know that even in the best of circumstances, they're not really ready yet. The brain is yep. not, we now know scientifically, and I've been doing this for over 10 years now, I used to say that the brain was fully developed by about age 20 to 25, but we mm-hmm. now know, Jeff, that it's really not until 25 to 30, and that's with the typically developing person. Mm-hmm. So when you've got a teenager, they are really not yet as mature as they'd like to believe that they are, and then, of course, add in these additional challenges, and they're just not there yet. And and and, and I love how you said you, you framed this out. But I got to believe most of most of our audience listen to this are the parents because they're kind of at wit's end, and this is a real problem because the way, I love how you described the the middle school, high school um, CEO over their brain. But as a parent, you're scratching your head, and it's I mean. The emotion and the need to regulate that emotion just stands out to me as being a very big challenge. Very big challenge. It's a very big challenge because their emotions, look, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems, right? Yep. So their emotions, the emotional issues that they're dealing with are just growing in leaps and bounds. Who am I? What do I want in this next step? Do I want to go to college? What kind of college do I want to go to? Am I going to be moving away from home? Do I want to move? All of these things are going on. And if they're not, you know, we can 
kind of start tying this into that trust piece, if they are not able to manage how they're feeling with all of this turmoil going on, right, and mm-hmm. they don't have that comforting relationship with their parents where they could say, hey, I don't know what I want to do. You know, trust is about vulnerability in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, right? You have to really allow yourself to be seen. Yep. It's not easy when you're in those teen years to be seen. You, you know, you're, you're figuring out who you are, and, and then the whole the whole issue of wanting to be that independent person, right? I am ready mm-hmm. for these next steps. Mm-hmm. It's hard. So the, the idea of trust, it seems to me, in one sense... It can be developed going back when, you know, the kids you know, all the way through where you're there and you're by the side and you're the perfect, you know, perfect mom and you're doing anything right or the perfect dad. And you can build that foundation of trust. But even that, I think, is probably a little difficult as a parent when your kids have ADHD. What are your thoughts on that? I think it is difficult because there's so much more confusion. I'll put it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, kid wants to be developmentally and I'm just going to say that very broadly, developmentally appropriate in terms of sitting and doing his homework, right? Mm-hmm. He's in fourth grade. He should be sitting and doing his homework. and He can't. So the, this, you know, he can't because, let's say he has a harder time focusing. He has a harder time getting started. He has a harder time staying on task. He has a harder time organizing himself. Name it, right? It's just that much more challenging. So, a natural thing starts to happen where very often the parent is playing a bigger role in this kid's life. So they're Mm -hmm. not as independent as maybe their peers are. Mm -hmm. Right? So then as they're wanting to be, they've got this inner conflict of can I be, should I be, I want to be, so get out of my life, right? There's a famous book, you know, yep. I hate you, get out of my life, but first will you take me into the mall, right? Me and my friend <laughs> to the mall. Um, I know I'm botching up the title of that, and I'm sorry to the authors. But, um, but at any rate, so there's this internal conflict. So when it comes to emotional regulation, this is why it's even more important for these kids to develop the tools to be able to do that. But they can only safely, comfortably develop these tools to do that if they've got the relationship and the space with their parents to both explore who they are but take in the support from the parents. And that is a little bit of a trick. And uh, Mm -hmm. I want to touch base on that with a personal story. Um, we come back for the break. Uh, be- before we go, everybody, to learn more about Cindy, go to ptscoaching.com. And Cindy, can you tell us a little bit about your, what they'll find there in terms of access to your book and your workshop? Sure. So um, a lot of what I do, Jeff, is parent coaching. I have a workshop mm-hmm. series I developed 10 years ago called Common Connected Parenting Kids with ADHD and Executive Function Challenges where it's seven sessions I really bring parents through what is making this so challenging and then what do I do about it, right? Mm-hmm. How do I manage the conflict and the, and the collaboration and the boundaries and all of those things. And the book that I wrote, which is called Eight Keys to Parenting Kids with ADHD, is really, it's independent from the workshop, but it's a lot of the same kind of support. 
So some parents find that, you know, reading the book is where they need to be, but some parents honestly like to dive in and, and really do it interactive and really have the expanded workshop where I'm going through step-by-step the whole process of parenting yep. a complex yep. child. I'll just say one more thing on that. I think parents parent out of love and logic. And when you have a complex child, love and logic are just not always enough. You need you need your own support. Yep. yep. And they can get all this off the website. All PTS, this off the website, absolutely. PTSCoaching.com? Coaching. It stands for Pathways to Success or Parent, Teacher, Student. So that's there what you that go. is. Parent. Yeah. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is timetimer.com. You deserve the best trained ADHD coach. Find one at the ADD Coach Academy, the only comprehensive ADHD coach training program accredited by the International Coach Federation. Go to ADDCA.com and click on Find a Coach. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. Welcome to Quick Trip. What if you need to buy someone's lunch because you ate theirs by mistake? We have 99 cent hot dogs. And what if they're really mad? We have donuts with a hole for only 99 cents. And what if you accidentally microwave their smartphone while they were holding it? How did you... Yeah, I know. 49 cent soft serve cones. As many as you can carry. Okay. New quick deals at Quick Trip. Get your fix for less. QT. More than a gas station. The Attention Talk Network has over 450 interviews and more than 210 hours of programming, which is overwhelming if you think about it. That's why I've made my list top 10 favorite Attention Talk radio interviews. Download the list at www.digcoaching.com forward slash ATR. And now back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. We're here with Cindy Goldrich and having a, a open conversations about parents, teens, trust, and emotional self-regulation. And, you know, Cindy, I typically in this thing I like to tell a story of maybe somebody I worked with uh, coaching, but I've actually got one myself. Now, my son doesn't have ADHD, but he's a teen and trust is at issue. And I have to tell you, he was struggling in school for a period of time. He was spending a lot of time on electronics, and we were uh, we decided to take his phone away. And just to really kind of get his attention, and I caught him a couple times uh, using – because with your phone now, you can do anything with Apple – messaging, FaceTime, and you can get, there's so many loopholes. I caught him doing what I didn't want him to do um, in his room, uh, with his laptop with a device I didn't necessarily think he was supposed to be doing with. And it was funny because I was about ready to just lose it because mm-hmm. I wasn't trusting him to do this stuff. And I caught myself like in a rage trying to stop. But I began to like realize is that what am I going to do here? Because I can't take everything away. 
I needed to trust him, but he had defied my trust. Right. Right. And it was it was this weird type of thing. So I I took it away and I found out that what he was trying to do is communicate with a couple of people by Snapchat. And so what I did is I allowed him. I would give him the phone. So if the girl was involved, I give him a phone and say, do you know, do this for a period of time. So I gave him access to it. And I thought we were doing pretty good, but then he found an iPad and he was doing the same thing again to me. And I was just I was like, are you kidding me? Like I'm doing everything I can, and I'm just I'm furious. I'm not trusting. That's twice. He's defied my trust when he knew that he wasn't supposed to do it. I'm about ready to lose my crap. And I walk in, and, and finally I take it all away in a, in a fit of rage, which I shouldn't have done. And he did have a little bit of remorse. And he came back, and he wrote me this like little thing. And then I realized at that moment that I wasn't getting anywhere with, the, right. with building trust by telling him I couldn't trust him. And my mother had told me this for years, never put in the situations in a kid where you have to say they didn't trust him. And it was funny because I cut a deal and said, listen, you can have this in a period of time because he had to. It was a way to build that trust kind of back. And as time went on, he started to, to work with me in some other areas. And I don't think I would have had that opportunity had I shut it all down. And Things have progressed, and the relationship has improved a little bit, but it's counterintuitive to me because emotionally I was off the charts. He had proven to me that he couldn't trust it, yet I had to have faith and go back and do something to show him that I had trust, even in the face of this, to kind of gain trust, which is kind of like backwards as a parent. It took a lot of emotional self-regulation for me to do this. So you want to talk and comment on that, like, Jeff, bad parent you are, or <laughs> – <laughs> it's just crazy, but it was it's real. And even now I still yeah. am quivering over it. I, I hear you. I mean, that element of trust is so important. And here's the thing. We want to trust first, right? Because we want to just believe in their goodness and believe they're going to do the right thing. And the thing is, very often they do want to do the right thing, but they don't have the, enough emotional regulation themselves to do what they know is right. Right? Like maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in your example, maybe he knew he wasn't supposed to, but supposed to play with, you know, whatever device he was using, but he thought, oh, but I just have to for a minute, and there's just this reason, and, and, and then it just goes and goes and goes, right? So I always look at it this way I need us to back up. I need us to, you know, there's a reason my work is called Calm and Connected. You know what happens when you lost yourself, right? When you lose your mm-hmm. calm, you lose your power. But we're going to lose our power if we aren't proactive in these conversations, if we keep finding mm-hmm. ourselves reacting, right? Okay, I lost this, you know, he did this, lost his trust, now I need to react. What I always tell parents is there's a reason I don't even talk about consequences until session six, because there's so much we need to do before that. What do we need to do before that? We need to set our relationship, set our boundaries, set our expectations, and have our conversations around what's going to happen if. In other words, you have to anticipate, hey, I'm giving you this, this, let's say it's this cell phone or whatever else it is. Let's talk about what might go on, what my expectations are, what are your concerns with all of this, what are the rules, what are the boundaries, and what's going to happen if they're broken? Because then it's not a matter of losing yourself. It's a matter of just standing firm and saying, well, we talked about what's going to happen if this happens, and now I just need to do this, right? The emotional regulation piece where that comes in is we want it so the kids are upset more with themselves 
for for not having that self-discipline as opposed to throwing all the blame and anger on us for enacting what was a fate, you know, was was already set up to happen. So I'm 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 sitting here listening to you. I'm listening to what we're saying. And the title of the show is ADHD Parent Teens and Trust. And I think most of the parents kind of got that they're listening. But it, it's interesting to me this is really very much about emotional self-regulation and the dynamics of that and really kind of managing it and as a parent and as the child really kind of coming together and Cindy the setting the expectations and all that stuff you're describing, but the really this is really difficult because it is very much about the emotional regulation of the parents, and 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 that's I think we're kind of confronting that by saying that's really an issue in parents. There's no silver silver bullet to this, but mm-hmm. focus in on calming down and and walking through some of the things that you've described. I'm a little bit all over the place. So clean that up for me, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> sure, just dump it in my lap, Jeff. That's okay. We can do this. <laughs> So so you, you touched on one piece of it, the emotional regulation of the parent, right? Yep. It is a lot about the emotional regulation of the parent. There's a lot of letting go that has to happen. There's, you know, I work with so many parents who, who are just having such a hard time letting go, whether it's because their kid is 7 or 17 or 27, Right? Because what's our job as parents? We think it's to protect them and guard them and help them be happy and successful and all of these things. And we have this vision of what it's going to take to get there. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we need to step back a little bit and let them, you know, find their sea legs, which mm-hmm. means it's not always going to be neat and perfect. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't back up and give them a little bit of control, which means we need to trust them before they necessarily have earned it sometimes, mm-hmm. then they're not finding who they are. They're not, they're not learning to regulate themselves. They are only learning to do what you would tell them to do. And if they're a nice, good, compliant kid, then they're just following that. And I promise you at some point they're going to rebel against something, even if it's much yep. later in life. Right, because yep. even the even the kid that doesn't have ADHD doesn't have emotional dysregulation, they still have to figure out who they are versus their parents, right? Absolutely. Separate from their parents. So Absolutely. One of the opportunities I always say when you've got a kid who's emotionally dysregulated is if you can help them start to regulate themselves, and if you can recognize in yourself that need as well, you've got a kid who actually emotionally is dealing with things that kids their age don't deal with. They are questioning. They are dealing with, how do I feel about this? How am I, you know, what's my responsibility? What's my role? They're not just coasting mm-hmm. through blindly. They're yep. being more aware. Yep. So that's why, you know, it's not that I, I mean, we can have the debate. It's a gift. It's not a gift, all of these things. I don't look at it, you know, ADHD as a gift or not a gift. I look at it as this is just part of who this person is. These are some of the challenges that they have. But along with those challenges come these opportunities. And yep. that's that's what we need to also really focus on. Absolutely, absolutely. Tell you what, we need to run to break real quick. When we come back, we'll pick up on the conversation. Uh, Cindy's website is ptscoaching.com. There you can learn about uh, her, uh, her workshop and her book. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. 
Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is timetimer.com. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Experience the difference with a top-notch ADHD coach. Find one at the ADD Coach Academy, the only comprehensive ADHD coach training program accredited by the International Coach Federation. Go to addca.com and click on Find a Coach. The Attention Talk Network has over 450 interviews and more than 210 hours of programming, which is overwhelming if you think about it. That's why I've made my list top 10 favorite Attention Talk radio interviews. Download the list at www.digcoaching.com forward slash ATR. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Cindy Goldrich talking about uh, mostly self-regulation now, but it really started with teens, parents, and the notion of trust. Um, Before the break, we were talking about a few things, and and one of the things, a concept, was these kids are, 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 it's a part of the process to become independent and to really kind of get out there and Cindy, one of the things that I've learned the hard way as a parent is, is the uh, let them fail sooner rather than later because the, the more you shield them from pain, the higher mm-hmm. the consequences. And that's really kind of how they learn. And as parents, uh, we don't want our kids to hurt. We, we really want to go in there. But sometimes the school of hard knocks is really the, the way to make that happen. And sometimes it's best just to let the train wreck happen. And I encourage it earlier rather than later. What are your thoughts on that, and how does that does that impact uh, the relationships and trust at all? What's your thoughts? Im- impacts hugely, Jeff. I mean, you're pointing to something that's very important and, and something that I deal with a lot with parents. It's a matter of what's my role and what's their role and helping them see it. So this whole concept of failure, I do believe that failure can be developmentally appropriate as long as as we're helping it be conscious failure. We need to support them through it. We need to help them see the choices they can make. We need them to trust, and again, we come back to that word trust, that, hey, I'm here if you need me. I'll stay in, you know, I'll stay up late with you, I'll get up early with you, but you've got to show up. And until you're willing to show up, I can't do it for you. Parents get very invested in their kids' happiness and success, and that's what messes them up, and that's what messes up the natural development the kid has to go through, right? So I support parents in, and, you know, if there are any parents out there listening and you're saying, oh, well, this all makes sense and I can't, I can't, I can't do it yet, I can't do it yet, you know what, when are you doing it? Because that's when I get the phone calls from the parents of, of the college kids, and they say, you know, my kid got into the college of his dreams. He did fine in high school. And now he's home and he failed. What happened? What happened was we didn't help him learn how to deal with his emotions, with regulating everything, and to deal with the choices he's making. So you said, con- I, I, you said conscious and failure. I don't know the, the right way. You, help, you allow them to fail to do that consciously. Can you tell us more about that? And what's an example of that? I'm, you got me really curious. Sure. So an example of that would be this. 
um, kids signing up for, I don't know, an AP class or whatever. It could be an art class, whatever. Um, And your gut is saying, I don't think he should. I don't think he should. Maybe it's too many classes for him. Maybe it's going to be too hard, whatever else. And I want to pull him back from it. Instead, I suggest let's have a full conversation with him. Let's say, you know what? Listen, great that you want to do this. What, you know, why are you wanting to do this? What's your motivation? What do you think is going to happen? How do you think you might be able to manage it? Because my concern is, you know, maybe it's a lot of extra work or maybe you haven't gone down this road or maybe you've got some other challenges that, you know, might intervene here. That's when you can say, hey, you know what? You're making a choice. And then I need to let him feel the impact of that because he's Mm -hmm. saying, I want to take this choice. I want to take this chance. I want to applaud that. I want to say, mm-hmm. wow, look at you. You you actually are trying, because that's what risk is. Risk is banking on yourself, isn't it? Yep. Risk is yep. saying, I'm going to take a chance on me. I'm going out on a limb. And even if I fail, I know it's because I tried. And I would much rather applaud the kid and support the kid through that and let them feel the weight of the decisions they're making then try to guard them from it. And that's what I mean about the conscious choice. Wow. So I'm having a, a flood of a – I was coaching this girl in college, and her – I think it was her sophomore year, beginning of school, her and her friend were out, and they went into a, I don't know, a store, and she saw this cute little puppy. Before she knew it, she's walking out of the store with a puppy <laughs> and with money that she didn't have, which is like mm-hmm. kind of blows me away. And she goes home. And she thought this thing was the cutest thing. And her mother was like, what are you doing? And you spent what? Like, you don't have that stuff. And I, I remember this now because at the end of the day, she talked her mother into it, and she still had the puppy. Now, she's in college. And I'm coaching her, and we're talking about other things. And I'm like, she's not getting anything done because the puppy's distracting the hell out of her, whether uh, it's because she's cute or the puppy wants to play. And mm-hmm. I'm having this conversation about self-regulation and blah, 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 and she's sleep-deprived because the dog is up in the middle of the night. And uh, anyway, we got through it, and she came back the next semester. The puppy came back, and I said, you still have the puppy? She said, yeah. I said, you know, we were talking about your experience, and I said, you know, it didn't sound like it was ADD-friendly. She said, it's been horrific. <sighs> but she said there was no way that I was not going to do this. And the, where I'm going with this stuff is, is at the end, at, at the end of it, it was the I'm not going to fail with this, even though her parent had expressed some interest, and I had beaten around the bush like, are you really want this? The, that 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 consciousness of the, she's got yeah. it and she wanted it. She actually she actually stood up and did it. And then by the time like a, I don't know the third semester, she actually was like, this is probably one of the best things that I ever did because I had to take care of it. I, I I didn't have to do my homework, but I had to take the puppy out. And I had to take it to the vet. And it was like one of those things I think maybe you can clean this up, but I think that's maybe an example of getting what you said. It was a conscious situation where she thought she was going to fail and she got to the, she was failing, but she wasn't going to allow herself to fail because of the dynamics of it. So thoughts that on that? Is, is that, is this is it represent what we're yeah, talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful because here's the thing. If if the parents had said, no, you can't, you're still under my, you know, watch and everything else, and I'm paying for college, and, and you're just not doing that, she wouldn't have had that opportunity to bank on herself. And in mm-hmm. banking on herself, she took that so seriously, she rose to that occasion. That will be a life-affirming 
magical moment on the mountain, and I know you know what that means oh, for yes. her. Right? That's yep. that's the thing. So so that's the moment where she said, "Wow, I can take I can take a risk on myself." And yep. I am going to make this work. It was so important to her. It's just like the person that buys, and I'm not suggesting this, but the person that buys the car that's way too expensive for them because they know that this is going to motivate them to work even hard in their sales, harder in their sales job yep. so that they can make more money, right? Yep. They've kind of given themselves that little kick. We need mm-hmm. to leave the space, and that's where some of the trust comes in. And one of the other things I tell parents about trust is we have to trust in the natural development of people. Our natural development makes us want to eventually, and not always on the parent's schedule, eventually go out on our own, become independent, and become you know, self-sufficient. And I know there are a lot of parents listening to this and saying, you haven't met my kid. He's 25 years old. He's sitting on my couch. I get all of that. I think that what prevents that from happening is when the parents are not allowing some of this really hard development to happen. And it is hard development. Well, it's To me, sometimes it's hard to put your kid in an uncomfortable situation for their development. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't want them to hurt. You want to pain, but sometimes you got to make them uncomfortable because if not, they're comfortable. Yeah. And sometimes we need to hear them because sometimes they're really asking for that. I was coaching a couple and their teenage son yesterday, and the son was ba- – I, I sat sort of side by side with the son as he was finally able to say to his parents – I don't want you waking me in the morning. I, I, don't, I don't want you to stop me from being late for classes. I need to own that. And hmm. that was huge. And now yeah. it's the job of the parent to be able to sit on their hands and, and close their ears when the alarm goes off for 20 minutes and the kid's not getting out of bed, which is yep. just a really hard, hard thing for parents to live through. But that's that whole concept that we're talking about with failure. Why did the parent keep waking the kid? The parent doesn't want the kid to fail, right? But the kid, the message the kid was getting is, you don't believe in me, you don't believe I can do this, therefore you want to keep stepping in. Well, gee, maybe I can't do this. Yep. The kid's not going to know what they can do until they are given that chance sometimes. So, Cindy, for time-wise, we need to pull this thing together, but I think one of the messages that I wanted to share out there, and I want everybody to know that I'm not any holier than thou, that when it comes to parenting these kids, what I've learned over the years, it really requires a lot of self-regulation from the parents themselves because that instinct is to go kind of nuts, and it's kind of counterintuitive. And what I mm-hmm. want parents to know, at least from my perspective, it ain't. it's hard. I mean, it's it's – it's downright freaking hard, and yep. there's no getting around it because it's hard. And I learned a long time ago is don't minimize anything by saying it's easy because you're not giving the respect that it's due. And so if you're listening to this as a parent and you're struggling with this, I want you to know is that, hey, I'm, I'm, living, I'm, I'm living where you are yourself, but sometimes you just have to do the best you can at having some faith and, and trust the natural development process and let go sometimes and actually trust them sometimes when they've proven that they don't desire your trust or that they're not worthy of it in order to kind of gain it. So any, any, any final thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say the other thing is, and I mean, I've gone through this myself, 
the thing that's so complex about parenting, Jeff, is that while you're parenting, you're still growing. It's not until you're a parent that you start to really process how you were parented, right? Mm -hmm. And the choices and everything else. So that's why parenting is so complex because we need to know each of our kids as different. You know, my, my philosophy, the introduction to my book is parent the child you have. Not the child mm-hmm. you thought you'd have, not the child you wish you'd have, not the child you'd have if your mother-in-law got her way, but that child you're blessed with. And each mm-hmm. child needs their own journey. So, you know, you have to figure that out with that child. What are you needing? Are you yep. needing me to pull back? Are you needing me to sit side by side with you? What are you needing? Yep. And that's the beauty of the journey. <laughs> as painful as it might be sometimes. <laughs> oh, very painful, but you know there's nothing more rewarding. You know that. Abs- absolutely, absolutely. So with that, Cindy, I got to tell you, I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, I'm so glad I did. It's it's been it's Everybody, been a long time you guys have known each other and I'm glad we finally took the opportunity to do this. Absolutely. Everybody learn more about Cindy at ptscoaching.com. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Take care.